Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run Podcast. I want to welcome you all into the show today as we break down what is possibly one of the biggest weeks in the history of UNLV athletics. More so for football, but for basketball, it's a big week as well, with football playing Air Force and basketball playing Pepperdine. Let's break down the matchups, go over some predictions, and give you my overall thoughts on the game. The UNLV football team is on the road up in Colorado Springs playing uh, an opponent that in the past has, to say the least, uh, punked us. <laughs> it's never been a great matchup against Air Force. Uh, the Rebels have always had problems slowing down the Air Force offense. But, you know, this year's team is a little different. Barry, with Barry Odom at the helm, there's a lot of confidence that the Rebels can go up there and get a win in what would probably be the biggest win in UNLV football history. Uh, to go over the stakes, the Rebels, if they win, uh, secure themselves almost a guaranteed spot in the Mountain West title game with a chance to beat San Jose State and secure the home field advantage for the Mountain West title game. Uh, if they were to win out, they would host it. Um, and it's impossible to do so without beating Air Force. Air Force and UNLV are currently tied in first place in the Mountain West. And so the winner of this game will get the tiebreaker, which is absolutely huge. Now, UNLV could still make the title game even if they lost, but it would take some help from other teams. So the stakes could not be any higher for Barry Odom and the Rebels. If you didn't see, I did post a slight preview for the game going over what I thought would be some of the keys, but just to go over them here on the podcast, uh, I think the biggest keys to this game will be one, you know, and it's the key every time you play Air Force, but it's going to be slowing down the triple option offense. Uh, the triple option offense is essentially when you have running backs on each side and a quarterback who can run, and you don't throw the ball at all. You just try and trick the opponent and kind of slam the ball down their throats um, in an attempt to control possession and win the game. So, you know, last year the Rebels lost, I think it was 42-6 to on their home field. It was a really, really, really rough outing. Um, and it was a showcase of why the triple option can be such a frustrating, such a frustrating thing to go up against. Uh, this year, I do think the Rebels are going to be better prepared for the triple option. One, because they've just been better prepared all year. Uh, they've shown a tendency to, you know, especially as the year's gone on, I think we've seen the defense play significantly better. Um, the defense was pretty good against Fresno. I mean, obviously nobody's going to be perfect, but uh, and the defense was excellent, excellent against New Mexico and especially against Wyoming. So the Rebel defense it could be peaking at the right time of the year. Um, but in order to stop the triple option, essentially what you have to do is most most people play kind of a drop eight or, uh, yeah, dr dr drop eight where pretty much everybody stays back and just tries to contain the run. Uh, but people have to make sure that they don't, you know, let gaps open up on the line. And it, it can be tricky, but if you're focused and, you know, you're prepared and you have the talent, which I do think the Rebels do, you can stop the triple option and force Air Force to throw the ball. Uh, where last week uh, in Hawaii, every, pretty much every time they threw the ball, their quarterback, I think it was their third string quarterback, um, there was an interception. It was a really rough game for Hawaii last week. You know, they had just lost to Army the week previous you know, Air Force had been 8-0, riding high in the college football playoff poll, and all of a sudden they're on a two-game losing streak. Uh, I would not expect the Falcons to come out flat. I think they're going to come out 
you know, determined to win this game. They still control their own destiny, just like the Rebels do. Uh, and I don't expect them to roll over and die. I do expect this to be a close game. But slowing down the triple option is the most important thing that the Rebels will have to do. Uh, and part of slowing down the triple option is preventing turnovers. So it almost goes without saying, but the team that wins the turnover margin often wins the game. Uh, and that's just how it goes in college football. But especially against a team like Air Force, you cannot be lazy with your possessions. If you have the ball and you turn the ball over and give it back to Air Force, you may not get the ball back for another six or seven minutes. Um, and so every time the Rebels have the ball, they have to treat that ball like it is a sacred, holy object. Uh, if, you know, they're going to get stripped, they have to get down, and they have to play disciplined. Uh, you know, Jaden Mayaba has been pretty good, uh, but he has shown a tendency to throw picks in some bad spots. He's thrown some. He's thrown a couple of really big picks that really hurt the Rebels this year. Now, that doesn't take away from everything great that he's done for the Rebels as well, but I do think that the Rebels will have to play their most careful yet aggressive game of the year. Obviously, you don't want the Rebels playing scared. That would be a disaster if, if they you know came out like scared puppies, afraid to make a mistake. But you also can't have them playing loose and fast with the ball. So limiting turnovers, you know, I, I wouldn't even say they have to force that many turnovers. They just can't turn the ball over themselves. Uh, the Rebel secondary has been very opportunistic. And so if the Rebels can stop the Air Force run, I would expect the Rebels to get an interception or two against the Air Force quarterback. But stopping... Uh, not turning the ball over, you know, Jaden Mayeva, he can't fumble, he can't throw dumb picks, throw the ball to Ricky White, throw it to him early and often, use Caleb Balangaya as your kind of safety blanket, you know, the tight end, and I think that the Rebels should be able to control the turnover margin in this game. Maybe the biggest key for this game, and, and obviously, you know, the, these coaches, Coach Marion, Coach Odom, they know their stuff, and I'm sure, you know, me saying this as an idea is not going to, you know, inspire them or anything. These guys are professionals, and they've shown this whole year that they know what they're doing. But I think the Rebels have to throw to Ricky White early in the game. Uh, they have to, you know, set up the long ball, set up the deep threat, you know, maybe get some quick scores. They, don't, they can't afford to fall behind. And, you know, establishing the run is something that's going to have to happen in this game. But early, they have to show that Air Force defense that Ricky White means business and he can get open and Maeva needs to find him. Uh, the minute that the Rebels on a couple of long throws establish, hey, we can beat you deep, it'll open up the run game and allow, you know, Donovan Lester, who's a beast, Minson Davis, who's a beast, Jaden Thomas, who is just a speed freak. It'll allow those guys to get some space to control the game after that. But starting the game off with some deep balls to Ricky White is going to be key. And I'm sure that, you know, the coaching staff knows this. And I'm sure that they'll try and implement that and see if, you know, so we'll see if we can be successful on it. But yeah, those are kind of my keys to the game. I do predict the Rebels to win a close game here. I, I do think Air Force is embarrassed about their performance for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they will be determined to prove, you know, that they're the team that started 8-0 and not the team that just lost back-to-back -back games to bad teams. However, I do expect the Rebels to win, and I think it's going to be a close win, but I'm going to say Rebels 24, Air Force 21. At the end of the day, you know, this season's been great, but the minute you get a chance to win a championship, you got to go for it. And I think this coaching staff knows that. I think the players know that. And I think that they'll do that and get it done this week in Colorado Springs. So yeah, let's go Rebels. Let's see what they can do. Let's get glory and let's hang a banner. Now, 
UNLV basketball. The Running Rebel basketball team uh, is coming off of a bounce back win against Stetson University, uh, but is still kind of reeling from that loss against Southern uh, to open the season, which is easily, not even close, the worst loss in the history of organized sports for any sports team, high school, professional, college, whatever. It's the worst loss in the history of the state. It may be one of the worst losses in the history of the sport. It is hard to overstate how embarrassing that blowout was by Southern. Now, the Stetson game helped a little bit to, you know, get that nasty taste out of our mouths. But I really do think that this Pepperdine game on the road is the Rebels' first chance to show that that opening game against Southern was a true fluke. Uh, if they lose this game, I don't have any confidence in them coming out of the non-conference schedule with a winning record. You know, that Southern team, besides the, the D2 team that doesn't even have a you know, roster, um, is the worst team the Rebels are going to play this entire non-conference. Uh, this Pepperdine team is considerably better than the Southern team that destroyed the Rebels. But still was the Stetson team. Uh, the Pepperdine offense is, is pretty average. It's about 153rd, according to Ken Palm. And their defense is also pretty average, uh, 123rd in the country. Their pace is average. You know, by all statistical measures, this Pepperdine team is an average team. Um, they've got three standout guards. One of them is an ex-UNLV recruit, Ethan Anderson. Uh, he's not one of their three best, but he was, I think he played at Wyoming as well. But he was a player that Marvin Menzies recruited. Uh, they're led by Millette, who averages 18 points per game, and a gentleman named, a couple of players named Amadi and Moore, who average about 13 points per game each. Uh, their best attribute, attribute probably is their three-point shooting. They're shooting about 39% from three, which is good for about 38 in the country. So they're, they're a pretty good shooting team. Uh, their guards will switch ball screens. So, you know, if we have DJ... Uh, getting a ball screen from Jalen Hill. Uh, their guards will probably just switch it. Um, their defense is vulnerable in the front court. They kind of depend on their guards, not allowing opposing offenses to beat them off the dribble. Uh, if the Rebels can get past the Pepperdine guards, they'll score a ton. If they can't get dribble penetration, they'll have a really hard time scoring. Uh, so what I end up seeing happening here is the Rebels going to the post game, And that's one of the keys to victory. So Kevin Kruger is not a good offense, you know, offensive coach. He's never had or shown any inkling that he can put up even an average offense uh, on the floor. Uh, he's been kind of a defensive first guy. Um, and so I predict, and I don't like this, but I think it might be the best play that the Rebels have, that the Rebels will go to a ton of post-ups. I think Jalen Hill will attempt to post up the Pepperdine guards, and Caleb Boone will get several opportunities. I, I think he'll probably start as well. We'll get several opportunities to, you know, take the the weak Pepperdine front court with his back to the basket and, you know, see if he can score. I mean, I think this is a great decision long term, but for this game, it might be enough to get a win. And so, really, I expect the Rebels to run a ton of post-ups. Ultimately, what will decide this game is if the Rebels' defense can hold up. Uh, I don't expect the offense to be great. But if Jalen Hill, DJ Thomas, Luis Rodriguez, Justin Webster, if these guys can prevent the Pepperdine guards from beating them off the dribble, I do think the Rebels will ultimately come out with the win. Uh, the goal should be to try and force the Pepperdine guards to play hero ball. Heavy isolation, uh, dribbling, and trying to score alone. 
if the Rebels can force these Pepperdine guards who clearly like to score, you know, they've got three guards that average in double digits, uh, and force those guards into ineffective, inefficient shots, I think the Rebels will win. Obviously, if the Pepperdine guards are just having an otherworldly night and are hitting shots off the dribble, the Rebels won't really have much of a chance. But I do predict that uh, UNLV will win this game uh, by a fairly comfortable margin, anywhere from, you know, I think I think it's going to be about a 10-point win. Uh, so I do have the Rebels winning, uh, in my article, a 68-55 victory. I think they'll shut down the Pepperdine offense, and I think this will be the first true sign that maybe that Southern game was a fluke. Uh, obviously, we're going to see what this team is really made of when they head to Florida and play Florida State and or Colorado or Richmond. Um but this Pepperdine game is an early test, and let's see if Kevin Kruger can, you know, get the train rolling and, you know, protect his jaw. Again, he's coaching for his life here. Our, our athletic director will not put up with mediocrity, especially if the football program is uh, doing as well as it is. And so my prediction, 68-55 Rebels, let's see if they can get it done. Also, Rebel fans, I would be a little remiss if I didn't talk about the massive conference realignment news that hit the Mountain West this morning. Uh, apparently, and it looks like uh, Washington State and Oregon State are going to enter into a agreement with the Mountain West where they will play and populate their, their schedules against Mountain West teams, although they will not, as of yet, be officially part of the conference. This means that every single UNLV included team in the Mountain West will get to play either Washington State or Oregon State uh, for the next two years. Um, and in two years, in 2025, when the Mountain West media rights deal is coming up uh, to end, there's going to be basically a giant shift. You know, we could see a new Pac-12 conference, a uh, conference which UNLV would be very well positioned to get into. Uh, Vegas is one of the best, if not the best, probably only behind San Diego, a media market in the Mountain West. Um, and yeah, especially if the football team's winning and the basketball team can, you know, not lose to Southern at home, um, I think we'll be in pretty good position. Uh, I do think that this new conference would consist of, you know, Boise State, Fresno State, Oregon State, Washington State. Uh, San Diego State and UNLV, at least, and then there would probably be probably be a few more additions to the team, uh, a, a few more teams as additions to the conference. I don't know who those teams would be yet, but I know that you know programs like San Jose and Reno, uh, and New Mexico would probably not like the end of the Mountain West Conference. So I guess we're just gonna have to see. But that was big news for the Mountain West and big news for UNLV athletics. And I would just say to the UNLV athletic department, you know, the football and the basketball coaches, now is the time. Now is the time to establish this university as a powerhouse of athletics in the Western part of the United States. Now's the time to win at football. Now's the time to win at basketball. We cannot, you know, tell ourselves that, oh, just be patient, be patient. It's now. We've got a window here where there could be access, you know, in football to the college football playoff. And there could be an opportunity to get the basketball team back on the map. Conference realignment, uh, you know, is, is a, uh, it's a big thing. It's been the biggest story in all of college sports. And, uh, you know, Littlefinger in uh, Game of Thrones famously said, chaos is a ladder. Conference realignment has been chaos. But UNLV has a chance here 
to climb the ladder. I would implore them to take every opportunity that they have to pay their coaches that win, to replace coaches that aren't doing very well with coaches that will do well, and to swing for the fences. This is a big time for UNLV sports. Let's see if they can get it done. Well, Rebel fans, I want to thank you for checking out this podcast. Uh, I know I only got it up about a day before these big games started, uh, but, you know, life's been busy. I am in law school, um, and I'm, I'm a busy guy, but I love UNLV athletics. I love the city of Las Vegas. I hate F1 racing. I hate it. I hate the traffic, you know. Anyway, I don't want to get into that rant, you know, and they see how you know, they had a pothole go off and the race got canceled tonight, so whatever, but... You know, I love this city. I love it with all my heart. I love this university. And I love interacting with you Rebel fans online. I think that we have a really great community. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you spend lots of time with the people that you love. And let's run.